From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Everybody, it's Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, the wheels will be in motion this morning. We feel like Florida State Board of Trustees emergency meeting, conference realignment, most likely, very likely on the docket. Then the Renegade Express, slow portal, will it pick up? Cam Moore, just how important is he? And what stadium are we looking most forward to playing if we do indeed get out of the ACC? Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida cptallybar.com that is the website daily lunch specials from 11 a.m to 3 p.m at the corner pocket bar and grill 899 can't beat it nutritious delicious and great great people you're around when you're at the corner pocket bar and grill on your lunch break so do it and hang on the weekend live music bowl season swinging here in full gear soon so there'll be all the games on the vegas screen take advantage of a corner pocket bar and grill tallahassee florida warchant.com the ultimate sell sports arts Hopefully you took advantage of the signing day special, everybody. It's now done for. So think about it now. You can sign up for Word Chant, whole year, premium access. You could have had it for 50% off. But, hey, we all make mistakes. It's all about just getting better 1%. So make your day 1% better. Sign up for WordChant.com, the ultimate symbol sports horse. Thumbs up, five-star rating and review. Corey Clark, how are you? You know what, Aslan? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for asking. Okay. Yeah, Appreciate man, you it. got it. You got okay. it. I don't do that enough or at all. Somebody, uh, <laughs> somebody at the gym pointed out to me that you ask me all the time, and I never ask you. Um, so I apologize for that. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, it's good. We're growing here in this relationship. I appreciate it. It's good stuff. Um, Florida State growing. Maybe some more hubris today, we're hoping. Um, mm. This is going to be your mailbag show, everybody, but – we're going to probably talk mostly about this Board of Trustees thing. Uh, at least not mostly, but a little bit of it. Island Chief says, wake up. As a reminder, we beat the four teams on our schedule that had higher-ranked rosters this season. Though Jimmy's and Joe's matter, as Aristotle noted, occasionally the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Onward. Does the Board of Trustees deliver a Christmas miracle, or is it a leg lamp? Looks nice, but not much value. Happy holidays, guys. Hope you both have a safe and joyous holiday. Thanks for the laughs. Inside information you have shared throughout the year. Go Knowles. You know, I've been uh, – I didn't realize this at the time, but when we went to Cleveland a few summers ago, Stephanie Brady and I, we went to the Christmas Story house. I think you um, mentioned that, yeah. Oh. Yeah, and they had the leg lamp in the uh, in the window there. That's the reference, folks. If you haven't seen Christmas Story, what's the matter with you? Go see it. Uh, but that was what he was referencing. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I don't think this is just uh, – I think there's some stuff that will happen when uh, after you listen to this on Friday. Um, who knows what? I'm not expecting them to be like, hey, the SEC said we can come. Starting to schedule in 20. I don't think that, but I think they're going to make, make it very public that they are now uh, starting the process of getting out, trying to get out of the ACC as cheaply as possible. Sounds like grant of rights is what's going to be challenged ultimately right because you're going to have to pay some kind of exit fee they're not they're not going to be able to totally skirt the exit fee and the exit fee is probably manageable i mean it's it's nine figures 
but it's not going to be like a lump sum. It's the grant of rights is the, the big issue here at hand. So it sounds like reading the tea leaves here, not litigation. I mean, that's not the right word, but there there's needs a process needs to be put in place here to challenge it finally. And maybe now they finally got their ducks in a row as Tupac said at the end of, um, golly against all odds on the final Don Kilimanati Machiavelli album said, you told me not to go to war unless I got my money behind me. I got my money behind me. Now I want war. So I feel like that's what we're about to experience, Corey. I'm excited for it because yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely interested you know. in what what exactly how it transpires uh, later on today um, and what is said and what the what the blueprint is going forward, what they're going to say, what specifics they'll get into about how this is going to work. Yeah, it sounds like this is what a uh, college sports attorney, uh, Mitt Winter, has told on three a declaratory judgment action seeking to clarify the enforceability of the grant of rights before breaching it. I see this as a preemptive move to bring the ACC to the table, Winter said. So this is kind of like uh, maybe Renaissance France. Like, oh, I challenge you to a duel. Uh, that's good. And you we, did well. That's, that's, you, I didn't know you had that in your bag. You yeah. Got, you're a man of a thousand voices. I try. This I guy. try. So, like, we're going to, I don't know if we're going to use the glove and, and smack it on their face or we're going to throw the glove down on the ground at their feet. I think we're going to throw the, the, the glove down at their feet. If we threw it at their face, we'd be like, we're out of here uh, and we know we're going to be all right. So send us the paperwork. But it sounds like this is kind of, you know, this is how law stuff works. Too bad we don't have John Clark here to give us some clarification on how right. uh, you yep. know, litigation would dead. work. In here. Been dead for 12 years now. 12, 12 years, that's crazy. Uh, people listening to this can relate. I can't believe my dad's been gone for 12 years. That's nuts to think about. Um, but, yeah, I think also, like, we have no idea how it's going to end up. And I know people, you'll see people in the national media or just other fan bases or whatever make fun of Florida State beating its chest or wanting out. But And we have no idea how it will work. I think they'll get out. But I don't know that for sure. No, and that's the thing nobody does because this has never happened before. This is a, this is a grant of rights of this magnitude has never been challenged. So we don't know what the end what the end result will be. But we also have to keep in mind what do they have to lose? Mm. What do they have to lose? There is no risk here. Um, I don't think anyway. Like either you stay in this sorry conference making thirty five million less than the people you recruit against. Or you can somehow find your way out of it. But either way, it is absolutely worth exploring because ten years from now, if Florida, the University of Florida, has made three hundred fifty to four hundred million dollars in that span, more than you have, not overall, but just more than you, yeah, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be in real trouble. Yeah. But again, uh, this seems like uh, you know the first step that needs to be taken. I guess you know we could maybe look at. Was it the summer when the, this all kind of happened at that first trustees meeting? Yeah, like early August, I think. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. July. Yeah, it was definitely in the summer. Sure. That was kind of like the warning shot. Now yeah. it's all right. Now we got we have a, a roadmap. This is step one and we're ready for the, the long haul on this. So uh, what? Ten o'clock in the morning today as you're listening to this, folks, the board of trustees will be meeting. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a thing, a, a, live, a live watch along. So like, are we going to talk over these people and like make fun? Is this like live coach speak? I don't know. Of? I don't know if we'll do a live. I, that's still in the works, folks. Okay. Just stay okay. tuned to War Chant. Uh, I, I don't know if it'll be a live watch along. We'll certainly have video, plenty of video about it after 
if we don't do something live. But right now the plan is to do live. We just don't know if it'll it'll come together. Because, yeah, it'll be like Mystery Science Theater. Because, honestly, I want to listen to what they're saying. Yeah. Um, I, and I think we all want to listen to what they're saying. So I don't know that we'll be talking over it much at all. And for what it's worth, I don't know, be, you can tell me to edit this out if we have to, but it, it sounds like if everything goes according to plan, seemingly right now the Big Ten is probably the more likely landing spot if everything goes in Florida State's favor. Uh, I mean, I, I w- yes. I mean, again, I, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to keep reiterating. I've said it too many times already. The Big Ten is The Big Ten wants Florida State. I would think. I mean, they'd be dumb not to. You know, I saw, uh, I think it was Dennis Dodd tweeted out the most watched football programs in the country this year. And Florida State was eighth, I think. It was, you know, Alabama, Colorado, Ohio State, Georgia, maybe USC, Notre Dame, obviously. But Florida State was eighth. Um, Out of 133, Florida State is eighth. And yet, so they are an elite brand when it comes to uh, eyeballs, ratings. They are elite and yet, they're in the process of perhaps getting paid. They'll be, I don't know, the 70, 50th, 55th highest paid, have the highest paid TV contract. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. They are a huge brand, you know. And the Big Ten would be idiots not number one not for wanting to come into Florida, which is a huge market for them, um, and get the pro- prominent program in the state that's available. So I, I would think it would – again, the SEC has the University of Florida, and it has South Carolina. Those states are covered. They, they the, the Big Ten would love – if they're already on one coast, they would love to be on another coast. And Florida State and Clemson make a lot of sense. Maybe Miami too, I don't know. But, yes, I would think the Big Ten would be the one that would be, like, running to Tallahassee to negotiate. The SEC would negotiate to keep you from the Big Ten, but that's it. I don't think they're running to negotiate because they're a huge property already. Again, the Big Ten with Florida State and Clemson, and who else is coming into the mix? That's as good a conference, maybe better, than the SEC. I don't know why the Big Ten wouldn't be interested. Of course they're interested. So, again, 10 o'clock this morning, uh, the Board of Trustees will meet. We'll have complete coverage of it. Uh, Mitt Winner, a college sports attorney, again, says he expects Florida State to file a declaratory judgment action, uh, which would then start the movement to test and challenge just how, quote, ironclad this grant of rights is. Again, maybe if you're just following along us along with us here about this whole conference realignment situation, you know, sometimes I guess we take for granted just how in, you know, dialed in everybody is. There's an exit fee to leave this conference, but also this conference owns Florida State's broadcast rights like all their sports that are broadcast over television the ACC owns it so mm. even if they try to leave right now say if they had all this magical money they could just use to, to get out of this conference they still would end up in a new conference without the ability to show their games on television so this is all about getting those rights back to Florida State so they own it or at least I don't know maybe sign it over to the Big Ten or Fox or however that's all going to work so 10 o'clock buckle up everybody I thought it was going to be a slow lead up into the holiday weekend not so much. Mm. It's good. It's, that's what, this is what happens when you cover an elite program, right, Corey? That's right, just, buddy. That's right. Court court cases. Um, Noel, Noel Boyo, too. Wake up and Merry Christmas, guys. What player from our signing class will have the best career at FSU? Oh, geez. Um, you know what? I'm going to say Elijah Moore. Oh, I like that one. Just the way Dugan's talked about him. 
unsolicited. I asked him to talk about all four. Um, he talked about, you know, he, 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 I think he had the most compliments for Elijah, said he was very underrated, um, loved his size and his length and his speed. And then coming back, I'm like, do you think any of these guys would have an opportunity? It's always hard for freshmen to get on the field. But would any of these guys you think have an opportunity to compete for playing time or get on the field next year? And the first name he mentioned, and I think the only name he mentioned, which doesn't mean the other kids won't, was Elijah Moore. So they see something in that guy. And if you watch his film, and admittedly I've watched 11 clips of the kid play, uh, it's really impressive. So maybe him. Jake Weinberg. Mm. Grows a baby. Let's go, yeah. Jake. Grows a bust. Next, uh, Justin Tucker. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll go with Landon Thomas. Okay. Just, yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah. You know, I think Norvell said on Wednesday he feels that that he could be the best tight end in the country. So. Well, let's... no, he said he is the best tight end in the country. Okay. He, he was talking about high schools oh, clearly, right, right. but yeah, he was. He said he's the best tight end in the country. And I would I would encourage people listening to this. Uh, you're already a War Champ fan anyway. Go to our YouTube videos and watch Dominic Robinson break down uh, Landon Thomas's game. Uh, it, they did about eight or ten of those to him and him and Tom Lang did for our signing day special that we had on Wednesday. Um, wall to wall coverage, man, it's really impressive. Obviously, Dominic knows what he's talking about, and he really breaks down why he thinks Landon Thomas um, is going to be a monster in college. Right on. And he would know, right? Yeah, his kid was a five star <laughs> tight end. He would know. Um, Brad, that's crazy that they went and got that kid away from that other program that has now kind of been on a nice little, nice little run there of having high end tight end play. So, mm. um, but no one ever wants to talk about that. Right. Everyone wants to talk about KJ Bull. Bradley Moss. Wake up. Can you remind us why they created the early signing period? What is the purpose of kids announcing a commitment before signing day? We all know that means nothing until the LOI is signed and set in. So I'm wondering why they don't just go through the process and just wait to announce on national signing day. Happy holidays, fellas. As always, go Knowles. Don't have an answer to the second part of that question, Corey. Um, mm. That is a good point. I do wonder, though, what the percentages of kids that do really large ceremonies in July and how often they stick. They usually do. Like, Hakeem Williams had a really big ceremony he picked Florida State, stuck with it. Charles Lester had a really big ceremony, picked Florida State, stuck with it. It's crazy to go back and watch the K.J. Bolden announcement from August, and then you watch what happened on Wednesday, and you're like, what, what, huh? Uh, I don't know why they they have the commitment ceremonies so far in advance and they end up changing their minds, but listen, you know, they're kids. Maybe a coach leaves. Maybe a, a, a deal gets brokered that's a little bit better. But the first part of the question was a good question that I brought up at practice talking to Ira and Corey. I'm like, hey, man, I'm looking at the Renegade Express thread. Why did they end up going with an early signing period? So I asked Coach Norvell right after practice on Thursday. And I guess what he was saying, Corey, is that the intention or the, the idea behind it all was you had players who had a pretty good idea, maybe more mature, had things better, their ducks in a row, their grades were all good to go, and they yeah. knew where they wanted to go. So why not let them go ahead and sign instead of having to wait all the way until February. It was like a, a well-intentioned, I guess, you know, window to get guys in. But now it's become, instead of like a supplementary part of the signing day experience, it's kind of become the only date that matters, which is not great because it falls in December, which aligns yeah. with now the transfer portal and 
football practice, bowl practice, which Florida doesn't have to worry about. So That's true. They don't. Uh, yeah, no, that's what he said is like he they thought, I think, when it was. So what had happened was it, it became more and more common for a lot of guys to sign like uh, – I don't even remember what they were called, but they could sign. It wasn't letters of, letters of intent, but the kids that enrolled early. Yeah, it was like a grant, like a, a yes, like where the, the grant of aid or something like that. Yeah, where called. they were officially on the roster, so the coaches could talk about them, but they had not signed their national letter of intent. But they were doing that so they could enroll early and start going to school and go in January. And so they thought, okay, instead of making um, for Dalvin those Cook. kids, yeah, but for those kids we should scoot this signing day ceremony up to December, a first signing period, for the guys that are 100% sure, know where they want to go. But they thought, I think they thought, that that was going to, like Norvell even said uh, on Thursday, they thought that was going to be just a few guys in every class. Now it's become the signing day. And that was not something they intended. That was not something they foresaw, is that the, the one in December becoming the national signing day and the one in February being nothing. That was just that was a unintended consequence. So that's what you know. That he just said it was. I think it was the best of intentions to get some kids that already knew they didn't have to deal with all the pressure over the next two months. It was for the kids. Like if you know where you want to go in December, you don't want to have to talk to coaches for another two months. You don't want to have to go on other visits or have other people come to your school or your house. You want to be done with your decision, wipe your hands of it, and get on with your life. And you still have to wait two more months mm. to do it. So they're like, well, let's just take care of it now, and it just turned into now everything just got sped up more. It didn't help in any way. I guess it I, I, it, it, it saves the kids six weeks or eight weeks of more recruiting, but it really tortures uh, the coaching staffs. It spreads them too thin. I think – I don't know if Norvell – I don't know if I was projecting this or maybe I was like – I think he even said that, you know, they're, they're, the coaches are talking about what they can do, and I, I think he mentioned something about there's even talk about just going back to the way it was, which would be awesome. Like, just make it back in February, but I mm. – I don't know if it'll be that case, but you know, well, last... this sucks. You can't do it like this. <laughs> yeah, like either this do is... it, either do it in August, have one in August before the season, or have one in February. But you are essentially it, it, the, the biggest games of the season have not been played yet. So you're doing it, it. Just you're doing it before. Like think about you know Alabama. They have to play in a playoff game. They're also having to do all of this and think about their roster for. It's like everything is clumped into one month. It's preposterous. So they need to figure out the national signing day and get it away from the portal. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. And Ira was telling us at practice. So I guess there's an extension for those teams that are in the playoff as well. Like January 2nd is when it closes for everybody else. But I guess if you're in the playoff, and I don't know if it means if you make it to the national title game, or if you're just one of the final four teams, apparently you have a longer, a little bit of a leash to get back into the portal or announce your intention. So, um, you know, if you're hoping for more elite talent to go into the portal, which I think most of us are, you know, maybe those teams that are in the playoff, those guys will end well, up also, jumping in. Well, also, like, I would say, what, we saw 30 bowl games left? Like, a lot yeah. of players are yeah. going to – they want to play in their bowl. Maybe they have a deal that requires them to play in a bowl game. But as soon as their bowl games are over and their seasons are over, you are going to see more and more players hop into the portal. So, I, I think there's another flood about to happen, man, where, where maybe not to the extent it was to start the month – but as these bowl games start getting played more and more, you're going to see more guys enter the portal once the season is officially over. My only skepticism is usually the, the guys that are going to leave those higher end. I, I get the teams that are playing in, quote, lesser bowls, but like the playoff games, 
the players that are going to leave those programs usually aren't difference makers. And like Florida State, I don't know if Florida State needs difference makers, but this isn't like we need to plug a few holes. This is like we're losing Johnny Wilson, we're losing Trey Benson, you know, we're losing Jared Verse. You know, we don't. I don't think you necessarily want the third string guy from Washington, receiver wise, right. to like come. But hey, we'll see how it all goes. Again, faith in the battles end and Mike Norvell. They've proven themselves. Random underscore John. Good morning, Corey. Good morning, Aslan. Our duo that would never flip on FSU or we, the Wake Up War Chant listeners. Your commitment is strong and appreciated. Mm. Two questions from John. Now that FSU is in the game of portaling in former flips let's say Marvin Jones Jr., who do you think is the most likely to flip back to FSU in two years from this class? Who from the last class will we get next year? Uh, I should have pulled up the list and started looking at this stuff. Maybe, uh, I don't know, let's say the kid from, the kid that ended up going to Auburn. Hopefully he'll, maybe another bad year on the Plains and he'll want to come back here and play for Papuchas and gang. Um, is there anybody that sticks in your mind you think uh, – Jeremiah Smith, KJ Bolden, Armando Blunt, either any of those three, LJ McCray, any, any of those four? I would say McCray to me is the one because I look, I'm just trying to foresee how those seasons go and where those programs are. And I think we'd all be very surprised if Billy Napier is the coach mm. at this time next year. Um, they might even be better than they were this year by a substantial margin. But that schedule is so tough that you can't foresee them winning more than seven games. And now that's three years where he's won a total of like 17 games. Um, and I just think they're going to be like, all right, that's it. We're done. And at that point, I think all, obviously all those Florida guys are up for grabs. Plus, you know, he was a kid that I think was supposed to commit at 9 in the morning on yeah. Wednesday and mm-hmm. then said the report was he's going to take a couple of days to think about it. And then I assume maybe some deals were made in the in the um, in between that and when he announced on IG at 545 that he was actually going to stay a Florida Gator so it, it clearly wasn't something that he was all in on and so I would think maybe he's the one that you would uh are, are the uh who is the one that uh went to Miami Blunt yeah yeah the kid that yeah maybe him I don't know we'll see we'll see how those are in, in case you folks don't know which a lot of you probably don't and it's fine uh, Corey if I may the last five games of the Florida Gator schedule for the upcoming 2024 season Jacksonville against Georgia at Texas versus LSU versus Ole Miss at Florida State. Yeah, but look at the beginning too. That's a crazy end, by the way. That's uh that's all that's, can, can no. I do my can I do my taken voice? Hold on, hold on. <clears throat> Good luck. Mm, that was, was who was that? What was that? The movie Taken. After Liam Neeson yeah, yeah. says all of his stuff, like I'm gonna come find you and kill you, and the guy's just like, Good luck. I thought you were done. I thought you were going to do a Liam Neeson. Impression. No, that's you, buddy. I'm not getting me. Your I was going to say, but all, he doesn't say banana in that movie. <laughs> he says he has a particular set of skills. I can't do that. I can just say banana. Um, but who t- talk about their non-conference? Just their non-conference. Like Miami, they open yeah. with Miami. Yeah, in Gainesville, uh, they got UCF but, in Gainesville. Uh, neither one of those are easy. Yeah, the, like what? There are no like absolute guaranteed wins on that schedule. Maybe just Samford. Just Samford. Yeah. yeah. Um, at Mississippi State, probably you know bends in their favor, Come on, but man. yeah, no, maybe. No, no, but it's no, a road yeah. game in the yeah. SEC. That's not going to be the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, all right. That's a really tough schedule. So the point being, all those guys that they signed, and I know they lost a lot on signing day, but they had a I don't know the 17th ranked class or whatever. You, you've got to figure with a coaching change, that whole roster will be available. Second part: What is that? What is it that keeps FSU from recruiting? 
stud linebackers and five-star offensive linemen. Uh, we always hear about the iconic brand, Atkins being the lineman whisperer, what gives. Randy Shannon seems to be great at developing, but his South Florida ties are more like limp laces in recruiting. Mm. Um, yeah, what gives? Um, Who else is getting five-star backers and stud O-linemen besides Georgia and Alabama? There are a lot of them out there these days. Not a lot of no, there. they're not. But this, but also, I think this to me, this seems even more of a reference to not just this coaching staff, but it's just been two positions that for a decade now you seem to have struggled to get top, top-end high school talent. Like Kalen Deloach has turned out to be a very good college linebacker, and I don't know what he was ranked coming out of high school, uh, but he wasn't a five-star. Um, yeah, they just they you know they've gotten a bunch of five-star DBs, they've gotten quarterbacks, they've gotten receivers. And I'm talking, I'm going back to Jimbo's time. It just seemed like linebacker, other than Matthew Thomas, mm-hmm. um, linebacker has not been a place where they've ever really hit home runs. And offensive line, obviously. Um, I don't know the last five-star offensive lineman they got. I mean, but look, we'll see what Lucas Simmons is, right? Like, he he didn't he was redshirted this year, but right. they really liked him, and I really liked him when I saw him practice. Um, he looks like he could be a really good player. Uh, Armella again, the nature the natural course of things is that you hope going into next season a Lucas Sims or an Armella are really battling for spots, starting spots. Jalen Early, too. We've heard a lot about him. So Yeah, so let's see what this development looks like because they, lo- they love their guys, their veteran guys, but I think you look at that offensive line that's coming back and you're like, okay, they're, 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 they're okay. They're solid. They're decent. But what if you have a couple of NFL dudes right behind them mm-hmm. like that are better, that have more upside? Will they be able to get on the field next year? But I, I, I think there's some. I think they've hit some nice. It's. I guess it. There's no proof yet, right? Mm. We just got to see what Armella and Early and Lucas Simmons are. But there's a chance they're all going to be really good players and play in the NFL one day. You'd like to see that start here in 24. Linebacker, your guess is as good as mine, man. They also don't play a ton of linebackers, so you know they play a lot of five, four, two. Yeah. Um. So that's not that. That's the position they have the least number of guys on the field typically. So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. Man, I can't believe we're like almost 30 minutes into the show. And we finally just, now it's Dave's up now, everybody. Let's go, Dave. Bardstown. Bourbon is your friend. By the way, we are doing the show tomorrow. It'll be Jeff and I, apparently, doing the live look in, watch along uh, with the Board of Trustees. So, Corey, I like how you pluralize Marvin's Jones Jr.'s name. I know. Marvin's. For, for reals, it sounds cool. I also like how we were scheduling Texas A&M. Yeah. Commerce. Yep. Don't worry about that. It's Texas A&M. For those dismayed about our signing class, remember that two years ago, Jimbo signed the number one class in college football history, proceeded to go five and seven, then, quote, turned things around by going seven and five and firing Jimbo Fisher. Literally turned around the five and the seven. Legit. And and real quick, I do want to point out that I would guess, Aslan, to our point from yesterday, would you say half of those guys have left? Maybe more? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Evan Stewart kid, the Nolan kid, like they're LT Overton, yeah, they're gone. leaving in droves. Like yeah. so, that class accomplished jack squat, and it was celebrated more than anything Texas A&M has done in 80 years. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, I'm not at all saying high school recruiting doesn't matter, but team chemistry, player development, and actual coaching matters too. A month ago, Aslan refused to read my post verbatim and then read random underscore John's post verbatim, uh, verbatim rather. Yesterday, you read Corey's post 
verbatim. It was 209 words. I guess those are the perks that come with being the lead senior writer for Warchant.com. Yes, correct. Sorry, Dave. Sorry, Dave, but, you know, he's got to take care of me. I'm the I'm the driving force behind the show. Sorry, G- Aslan. We, we drive right. it together. We're right. co-drivers. Appreciate it. I'll go to therapy later. Gio Noll, wake up to my favorite podcast, fam. Was when- that it from Dave, just taking shots at you? That- <laughs> Good grief, Dave. Come on, man. It's Christmas. Uh, Wednesday was a little out of character for me, Gio Noll says. I wish I would have had the flaming voice of the one and only Corey Clark to talk me down from the edge of insanity. Mm. It was all stemming from December 3rd and to keep taking hit after hit and having the perception that Florissette is not good enough. So my question to you all is, will Coach Norvell be able to make the tough decisions uh, to fire some of the weaker recruiters on our staff? Much love. I appreciate you all and what you do throughout the year. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. So, um, look, again, I just don't think we can look at recruiting through the prism that we've looked at it our whole lives. I just don't think it works like that anymore. Um I just think that you can't say somebody is a great recruiter when he le- – because so much of it, honestly, and we all know it, depends on what, ki- what kind of – number one, there's a lot that goes into it, clearly, playing time, blah, 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 but there's also finances, and we don't know. So we just can't – like, you know, I, we can't even remember who that DN was that they lost last year. Um, I can't remember his name. The, the kid that's at Auburn. Um, yeah. I'll, but they I'll thought they up. were going to get him, I think, and it didn't happen. Well, what if Auburn doubled what you were offering or tripled it? Does that mean Papuchas can't close? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's like it's like saying uh, Brian Snitker can't close because they didn't sign Shohei Otani. The Dodgers did. So Dave Roberts is a better closer when it comes to acquiring talent. It's probably better to use the GMs, but I don't know who the well, Dodgers no, GM though, is. Well, no, though, because that probably applies to Armando Blunt. Shohei Otani did not want to leave the West Coast. He did not want to leave Los Angeles. Armando Blunt probably doesn't want to leave Miami. You know, what do you want to do about that? You want to fire Odell because the kid doesn't want to leave his home? But that said, it is part of the job, and I, I'm, not, I'm not educated enough to know who isn't a good recruiter anymore. Because it just seems like there's this one element, it's a huge elephant in the room that we're starting to talk more and more about. We all understand, but it's the reality is that and it, you you also can't do this, and I want to I steer away from this. I don't want every time Florida State loses a recruiting battle to be like, well, they just got more money somewhere else. Like, I don't know. It, it could be they, they Florida State might have offered more. They could have offered the exact same. Maybe they didn't like the connection with the coach. Maybe they don't like the fact that Florida State put two dudes in the last two drafts combined. Maybe they don't like want I, to practice at 7 o'clock in the 7 morning. 7 in the morning, yeah. Huh? Yeah, maybe they want to go to a conference where they let you in the playoff if you go undefeated. Yeah. Like, there, there's a lot of reasons, but, you know, I, I do I – will, I will say this, and I wholeheartedly believe this. Uh, Mike Norvell is a very – it seems like a nice person, but he's more competitive than he is nice. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. and if there is a weak link on his coaching staff that is keeping him from bringing in talent that will allow him to compete for championships or compete at the highest level he can get to and if he's identified it and knows it and says this guy is not doing his part, he will not be a part of the coaching staff. I do a wholeheartedly believe that. It's what I think hurt Jimbo so much at the end of his tenure is I thought he was a little too loyal, a lot too loyal actually, and it cost him from getting quite frankly, really good players on the offensive line. Mm. They just didn't recruit him, couldn't. And he stuck with the guy, 
and it train wrecked the entire and the quarterback situation, train wrecked the program. So, But I do think Norvell, if there is an issue, and I'm not suggesting there is one at any position, but if there was, I would think uh, Mike Norvell would, uh, would, you know, go in a different direction. But then it's like everybody was saying that about Ron Dugans. Right. Nobody liked Dugans a couple years ago. Well, now he's about to have two guys go in the draft, one a first-rounder. Both he didn't bring here. Like, he didn't recruit out of high school. But nobody could argue really the wide receiver play for Florida State the last year. And you really like the young guys that are here now. So he turned it around. So I don't know. I was I don't even know why I brought up Ron Dugans, but it's it's just hard to know um, what what the problem would be at a certain position, and if it really is you're pinpointing a, a weak link on the recruiting trail, and if there is one, I do think Mike Norvell would uh, address it. I know. I mean, it's it's worth bringing it up because, as you mentioned, you know Ron Dugans was man. I love Ron Dugans. Two years ago, he was trying to camouflage into the wall at the museum during signing day when they didn't get any of the receivers. You know, I think right. that was the class where they didn't get like literally one single receiver. Maybe they only got one. Like he didn't want to talk to anybody. And I remember going up to him and I was like, Hey man, like, you know, how's it feel? And like, he could feel the weight of the world on him. And everybody's like, get rid of Dugans. And then as you said, like get two guys in the portal and quickly we forget all of that sort of stuff. Uh, Keldrick Falk, the young man that uh, flipped on the Knowles to Auburn. Mm. And I can't, wasn't, I don't, I'm not saying he got fired, but the defensive back coach that left to go to Arkansas, I don't think there was a real strong push made to keep him around. So I, I don't know if that was necessarily you talking about, Wood, you talking about Woodson. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Look at look, Sertan. Clearly, like, are we going to sit here and think that Sertan isn't a good recruiter? Right. Because he lost KJ Bolton. Like I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I it, it's again. I just think it's so hard to know. Like, I feel like you knew more 10 years ago and 15 years ago of who maybe wasn't connecting with players or didn't recruit well, wasn't good at it, blah, blah, blah. I just think now you could have the biggest stick in the mud in the world. Dude couldn't talk to anything. Just a boring old dude. Also couldn't coach real well. Had no real drip. Oh, here's a million dollars. I'm coming for you. <laughs> like, that's, I just think that's the world we live in. By the way, I looked it up. So they had they, Texas A&M two years ago signed nine five-star recruits. Walter Nolan is one. Gone. He's gone. Shamar Stewart, he's still there, right? I think so. He was their star. Like, he was their yeah. best player, I think. Yeah. Evan Stewart, gone. gone. LT Overton, gone. Gone. Gabriel Brownlow Dindy, a defensive lineman from Lakeland. Come on, Gabriel. Why are you in College Station? Denver Harris, gone. He's gone. Yeah. Connor Wegman, the quarterback. I don't know. I Afterthought. think he's still there. Yeah, he's yeah. still there, man. Uh, yeah, and Jacoby Matthews and Anthony Lucas. And Jake Johnson, the tight end. Mm. He's gone. He's yeah. in the portal. Um, he might have already committed to somewhere else. So, yeah, man, like I'm guessing at least out of that huge, much-hyped class, at least eight players, two years later. We're not talking about four years later. We're talking about two years later, eight of those guys guys at least, it might be 12, I don't know, I stopped looking, um, are all are gone already. The Johnson brothers are in Chapel Hill now. Mm, there you go. Nice. Oh, Max went there too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Vitamin Energy. VitaminEnergy.com. Promo code WorkChampBogo. WorkChampBOGO. You're busy, everybody. We get it. You need your day to go by a little smoother. Why not take a shot? Maybe you need to buy some gifts. Get a box. Use the promo code WorkChampBogo. You'll get a box for free. You can gift that to somebody. You can gift it to everybody in the office. 
VitaminEnergy.com, the world's first and only clinically proven energy shot to help eliminate brain fog, help enhance your focus, your mood, and your energy levels with 260 milligrams of all-natural caffeine and absolutely no sugar. Yet somehow, it tastes pretty good. Crazy how that all works. Use the promo code WARCHAMBOGO, that's WARCHAMBOGO, to buy one and get one free. The promo code set up by Florida State alums who run the show over at vitaminenergy.com. I think I'm going to take a Mood Plus. I, don't think, I might not even have to take a Mood Plus today if everything goes well at this Board of Trustees meeting, Corey. Mm. But maybe just to enhance it that much more, I'm going to take a Mood Plus uh, as I watch you and Jeff give us the blow-by-blow blow and laugh at uh, all these people yelling at one another. So okay, nice. looking forward to it. Vitaminenergy.com, promo code Corey. Warchamp Bogo. Nailed it. Gator Kirk, wake up, happy holidays. Time to face facts. FSU has not won a battle for elite recruits the past few cycles. Are we content with ACC titles and 12-team playoff, or do we aspire to be something more? Go Knowles. I mean, I don't, you know. Gator Kirk, I would I would ask you this, and you've been a long-time loyal listener, and I'm not poking fun at you. Um, do you think this team, if their starting quarterback didn't get hurt and was allowed to be in the playoff, do you not think this team could have won a national championship? Mm. Because I do. I look around the country. I look at this playoff format. I've watched all these games throughout the year, and I'm not saying they absolutely would have, but with Jordan Travis at quarterback and the way that defense was playing, it was as good as any team in the country and could certainly beat Washington in the Sugar Bowl and then beat Michigan – in the championship game, and none of us would have been stunned by that. So, whether you win elite re- battle for uh, battles for elite recruits or not, how did that happen? Like, how did you do that if you haven't won some battles? Like, you won a battle for Jared Burse. Mm-hmm. You won a battle for Keon Coleman. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's other battles that maybe are more important than a 19 or 18 year old safety out of Buford, Georgia. Now, again. This isn't sour grapes. You wanted that kid. It hurt. Norvell admitted it hurt. That's a kid you thought you were going to have. That's a kid that maybe could have played from day one. But, again, let's see what the quarterback situation is. Let's see if one of these guys ever, you know, actually gets off the pot and delivers something and tells us where they're going. But, you know, you probably will win a battle for one of these quarterbacks. And, again, um, that you did, you weren't recruiting against when you signed the number ten class, or I, I think ESPN has them nine. When you signed the number ten class in the country, which has eleven top three hundred kids on ESPN, it had ten top two hundred kids. You're beating out. You're not recruiting against Ball State, in Memphis and East Carolina. Like you're beating out some real programs for it. But yes, I get that the KJ Bolden and Jeremiah Smith were uh, disappointing. It would be nice to get one of those guys, especially Jeremiah Smith, man. Yeah. Like, that would have been cool. When was the mm-hmm. last – like, they've gotten big-time players here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hikeem Williams a nice player, man. And, by the way, Hikeem Williams, I thought, looked really good at practice on Thursday. And mm-hmm. I thought Tate looked pretty good. Tate mm-hmm. looked better than he did. Uh, we haven't even talked about practice. But Hikeem looked, I thought, really good on Thursday. But Hikeem might be a really good player down the line. But wouldn't it be cool to have one of those dudes again? Like it's the envy of the sport. Like a Lorenzo Booker. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, thinking, I know more like Warwick Dunn or Peter Warwick, but yeah, somebody like that. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about like that glamour, the glamour yes. guy from that recruiting class. Yes. But um, I, no, I even meant like talking about like I'm just assuming Jeremiah Smith is going to be awesome and is right. going to be the the lead in guy to every 
that he's going to be the picture they show when they're promoing the game. Right, right. It would be really cool to have a wide receiver like that again, like just a straight-up game-breaker. And maybe you have one on campus right now, and they'll get a chance to start showing it uh, come, uh, what, eight eight days from now? Mm. In the Orange Bowl. Mark Naples, M. Adam CZ. Wake up! Aslan, great job covering signing day on War Chant TV. Corey, great interview with Adam Fuller. He seemed genuinely giddy about the guys who signed and also the guys that are returning. That was funny when he said that FSU was, quote, the only rod in the pond for Shaheen Brown's recruitment. Well, he's become an excellent college football player, and also he's also signed up for another year with the battle's end. That's right. Do you think Adam Fuller was really that excited, or is it more of that required coach narrative for signing day? To me, he seemed pretty fired up, and he's very intelligent and well-spoken, which does not get talked about enough. And then he also asks us about our predictions for Cam Ward. A lot of people uh, complimenting you on the interview with Adam Fuller, by the way, Corey. Well done. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'll probably put it on my... Why not? Uh, what have you been doing? Well, I'm, what saving, else have you I'm saving it for when I drive home, man. I want something oh, okay. to listen to on the drive home, man. Chill. Nice. That'll Chill. cut out 10 minutes of your drive. <laughs> Just listen to that. Anything helps. Um, yeah, it was, yeah I, I always love talking to Fuller. And it was cool that I got it by myself. That, that's not, not normally the case in one of those settings. So, I, yeah, I got him for like uh, 10... Pretty much uninterrupted minutes. He also did. I tell you that he told the story about how he found out they weren't in the playoff. No, I think because after I got done recording, I basically was like, "Yeah, man, that was effed up." Except right. I didn't use a, a a letter. I used the whole word because um, I hadn't seen him since. Right. Um, and he's like, you know, and he goes, "You know how I found out?" And he he talked about how after the game, this what this was this was maybe the most sad I got thinking about the coaching staff and the players after the game. He walked back to the hotel from the stadium with his family and a family friend just to, like, revel in everything, like to revel in what his team just accomplished, what his defense just accomplished, the fact that they went undefeated, capped off a season, and earned a spot in a playoff. And he's like, even though it's terrible weather and it's raining, I just want to enjoy this moment. So they walked back. He said he he, he hung out. He, he, uh, he, he, you know, he hung out, had, you know, had fun with his family for a few hours after the game, got up, and was immediately the next day. He didn't go back with the team. He was on a flight to Orlando. And he's like, I wonder, it's like noon, and he's like, I wonder if uh, if I can get the internet on my phone and watch this. And he got it, and he said, oh, no. you know, I, he's watching it, and he see, and nobody knows who he is. He's Adam Fuller. Like, he's on a plane full of people going to Disney World. He said in the row next to him, were these kids wearing their Mickey Mouse hats, all excited, pointing at them, being excited, and he's watching Texas come up on the screen and just the disappointment that he had to feel in that moment. And then go recruit a kid. It was uh, Kai Bates was who he was going to go see. But, like, and then he had to go recruit just having his soul crushed for, you know. Anyway, it just reminds you again, they never even got to really celebrate their accomplishment because it was ripped away from them 12 hours later. Oh my but I love God. talking to I love talking to Adam Fuller. He's great. I thought it was gonna he was gonna say that he heard somebody else like in a row ahead of him yell out the F word like a Florida State fan. Was oh on the play yeah, that would be him. funny. Yeah, like, oh, and, then, what? But, and then the kids are still the kids don't know, so they're still trying to be fun and play with him. And he yeah. you know he doesn't know these kids. He, <laughs> wants, he wants to scream in a Boston accent. Um, so yeah, it's a tough tough time. Prediction on Cam Ward. If we can land him, there may not be much drop-off from the 2024 squad. Not predicting another undefeated season, as we're likely losing at least a half-dozen superstars. But I think Mike would put Cam Ward in a position to put up big numbers and score close to 40 again. Yeah, look, I think that if Cam Ward comes, um, and you guys know how big a fan I am of Jordan Travis, um, I think I think 
the drop off that I think might ha- I don't think there's a talent or ability drop off if Cam Ward comes. He's that good. And you know guys how how I feel about Jordan Travis. What you wonder about is you know, the guy went 5 and 7 this year. And I know it's not a quarterback's job. That's not a stat. Wins and losses for a quarterback. But there are some intangibles that Jordan had where you felt like he's not going to let you lose. That I don't that, that you just not not that Cam Ward doesn't have them. We just haven't seen them yet. So to me, the one worry I would have with Cam Ward or anybody else, honestly, is the just the intangibles. Like I think Jordan Travis's intangibles were off the effing charts. Yep. And that's what made him even stand out. Again, he was a very good quarterback, made a lot of really good decisions, turned it over twice all season, which is incredible. Um, just an incredible run there. But, you know, he ran for – he wasn't – his athleticism was barely on display at all the whole season. That's not what made him special in 23. It's the intangibles. It's it's the other stuff he, that quarterbacks do. And you just don't know if, if, if Cam Ward maybe has that in him. But I also don't know that he doesn't. But I, I think, honestly, talent for talent, skill for skill, he probably throws a better – he's probably a better passer than Jordan Travis, even as good as Jordan became. Yeah. Cam Ward is really good, guys. He's a really good quarterback. And if you have a really good quarterback, you are going to be in every game and you're going to probably win most of them. Yeah. So it's it's imperative, in my opinion, they go get a really good quarterback. Mm. Yeah, Mark also underscored it with the fact that he has faith in Adam Fuller's defense. So if they fix the you know, he didn't say fix the offense, but if you get the offense close, this defense is good enough to again make this team yeah. be successful next year. Teacher Noel, wake up. Five thirty AM walks will have to wait until the sun is up since we're on Christmas break. Mm. Just wondering how many portal additions do you anticipate Florida State getting? Obviously there are departures every offseason, so sticking to eighty five players right now, not the greatest of concerns. Enjoy your break, by the way, Teacher Noel. Uh, well deserved, well earned. I'm sure. Absolutely. Are you, what was your number the whole time, Corey? Were you the six to seven number? Or were you like closer to nine? I was ten. ten? I, okay. I I thought it was ten. Right now they're at one. Uh, we do think there'll be a quarterback, so that puts them at two. Mm-hmm. We absolutely think there has to be a linebacker. I would think, yeah. especially with Lundy in the portal. <clears throat> um, the uh, you have no experience returning. Like I think Blake Nicholson um, can be a really good player. The kid that transferred from Northwestern. Cryer. Juice Cryer, yeah. Um, I think he's got some real natural ability uh, and instincts. But, again, not proven. We don't know. That's just me thinking out loud. So, I think they need a proven linebacker. I think they need at least one more defensive lineman, probably two. So, now you're at, what, five? Yeah. With K.J. Bolden becoming Benedict Arnold, <laughs> you might know, go need a safety. So, uh, but, but you also have Conrad Hussey. You have Barker. Like, you have – and I, maybe you don't need that. Maybe there's a chance that your safety position is taken care of. But I and I also think there'll be a running back that you might look at. Yeah. Uh, maybe a a wide receiver if there's a really if there's a Keon Coleman out there. So I I still think it's probably going to be seven or eight. I yeah. would think. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Carolina Noel one wake up fellas two parter one with Miami actually building something respectable in the trenches and out wide I feel we really need to play keep away with Cam Ward if they land him their schedule shakes out really nicely next year I know the coach will keep them from a championship but if they get hot blunt won't be the last five star he takes from us I say throw the bank at Cam Ward what say you guys 
Second part, I know Corey's saying we need reinforcements to not go back to seven and five or around that level. I feel that is very obvious to people that see the lack of returning production we have. Why do you think a team that went 13 and 0 with 80% of their production from transfers that's now leaving has been so quiet on the transfer market so far? Man, I would love to know the answer to that question, but I don't know if there is one. I look, I do think there's there's something to the fact that I think they really like their young wide receivers a lot. Um, and I think they like uh, I think they like Morlock, and I think Landon Thomas might be a kid that can play right away. So when you're talking about your pass catchers, um, you know, no, you're not going to have Keon and Johnny, but they do. If Hakeem takes a big step, if Vandravius and Destin Hill become the players they could, they we see in practice occasionally, um, man, that's that's a nice core. I, I do th- I, I guess my point is I do think they believe you know think about the receiving core when they got here when they went and got Micah Pittman and Johnny Wilson there were no Hakeem Williamses on the roster mm. there were no Vantravius Jacobs to develop they just the cupboard was pretty bare uh, now it's not so bare you have some potentially NFL players at, at wide receiver they're just inexperienced so you've got to keep that in mind and know that they're going to be better uh, they're going to produce. And, uh, yeah, but at the same time, I get it, man. And I think it's more than 80%, honestly, uh, when you think about the production they're losing. They're losing, like, I looked it up, like, I don't know, man, 45 of their touchdowns and, and 6,000 yards. Like, a ton of a, a ton of uh, production is leaving. So, yeah, I think it's coming, honestly. I, I, think that, I think there will be a running back. I think there will be maybe a wide receiver for really good ones out there. And I think there maybe will be uh, even a tight end, and so especially a quarterback. Um, but yeah, to the to the, uh, the back to the point about Miami and Cam Ward. Yeah, yeah, that's you're trying to stay ahead of your in-state rival, and if it becomes a battle between you and Miami, you don't want to say you have to do everything at all costs to keep him from Miami, but almost because I think that's how good he is. My fear is, what if you know the battles end or whomever? What you know was like. Listen, we we have a budget. We know this is what we're willing to spend on on player X, Y, and Z. And all these guys that came out that end up going to Ole Miss, you just kind of like laugh it off, like yeah, that's absurd. Sure, go ahead. If you find something that's going to pay you that much money, go ahead and do it. We're not going to be the ones that do that. And then now you're sitting here and you're like, man, this market really did get crazy. Maybe the market did get reset and we should have recalibrated what we're going to spend. Because you look at like the top 10 players. I mean, they did go after the the kid from Florida, the defensive end, Princely Umanamali Lane. That was not even close. Uh, So perhaps you're like, ah, whatever, man. And then you start seeing that maybe some other guys are going to probably go for high price tags too. Like, but at the same time, looking at the top 10, like Trey Moore is the kid from Texas San Antonio. He's from Texas. He's probably going to go to Texas. Right. Will Howard's going to go somewhere else and you're in the mix for Cam Ward. So that's fine. Dylan Gabriel went to Oregon like Walter Nolan's a guy that, you know, I asked Michael about that. I'm like, you know, they need a defensive line, like an elite defensive lineman. Why did we not hear anything about Florida State trying to go after Walter Nolan? He's like, listen, man, it's like maybe some players just don't want to come here. And it's like, well, yeah. you know, that not true. Touche, touche counselor. So. Uh, it, it is a weird sort of environment. And it listen, it's really only the second year of it being this fervent, this, you know, uh, ubiquitous almost that, you know, I guess we'll learn more about the windows that happen. Because I, again, like, I don't think the, the team, the players at Florida State is losing. I, I don't want to 
begrudge them or talk down about them, but the guys that they're losing in the portal weren't frontline guys that really contributed to this to the high level success they had. They were guys that played right. reps, made their their plays where they could to help out and, and were good depth pieces, had roles to fulfill. Those are the same guys that are going to leave Washington. Those are the same guys that are going to leave Texas and Alabama and Michigan. You know what I'm saying? So like waiting for these teams that are in the playoff as as though somehow they're going to have the really high end players. I don't buy it on that end, but maybe the players that are playing in the December 29th bowls, you know, the December 30th bowl games, like maybe those are the ones that once their game is over, they'll enter the market and you're like, okay, well, this is what they were waiting for. Now here they are. So, well, I, I would push back on that uh, because, you know, that's like saying that Marvin Jones Jr., as I pluralize his name again, mm-hmm. is it going to be good? Because why would he, th- those teams don't lose guys like that. You know, I think what, when it comes to Florida State, you know, I'm, I, yeah, I don't. I don't want to take shots at kids, but let's just say the backups at Florida State. You're still in the rebuild. You're still building this program to try to get in the neighborhood consistently with talent as Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, blah blah blah. So your backups aren't, in my opinion, anywhere close to the backups at Alabama. They're just not. Like, wasn't Miami's best offensive lineman in Alabama? cast off and he was good Florida State's best defensive player the last three years was a Georgia cast off at defensive end they didn't need him they saw the best defense of all time he was good I think Florida State there when if you're a backup at Florida State if you've been a backup at Florida State the last two years you kind of you know you were probably a three-star recruit that they took a chance on you might have made some plays here or there but you didn't develop or you're just not quite what they're looking for. I, I guess my point is I don't see Alabama, I don't think Michigan or Ohio State or Oregon are going to be recruiting the Florida State backups. But I could see a scenario where big-time programs are recruiting Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State backups that are just looking for something else or looking for more playing time. You know what I mean? So I, I, I don't think Florida State's at that level yet where you can say, well – because Rodney Hill isn't a Doak Walker Award finalist, that you can't go find another Trey Benson out there from another school. Yeah, but like that, the tra- the ATN kid, like at no point has Florida State been in the mix for him. It was like, all right, he's leaving Florida, he's going to Georgia, game over. Like well, That I mean, might have been worked out ahead of time. Though. I'm sure it has, but that's that's like the disappointing thing. Like, what is, you know. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think, again, this comes down to our impatience. I, I, I trust because they've earned the – if this coaching staff has earned the benefit of the doubt in any capacity, and they've earned it in a few, it's the portal. They, they've done really well with the portal. So I think I, I'm just giving them the benefit of the doubt right now. I'm, very, I'm starting to get impatient too. But let's just see where it lines up, you know, by January 2nd. It's, if they mean, have, you know what I mean? If they haven't made any additions that wow you, then you're going to be like, yeah, that kind of was a miss this cycle. What happened? But let's wait and see how it p- plays out first. I mean, it's less about, I don't I don't think it's impatience. Like, I get it. Like, they're they're going after one of the best quarter. They're going after the best quarterback available. And if they get him, that's a, amazing. And it's it's a legitimate possibility. It's not a, a pipe dream. Fingers crossed. Right. We really, really, really hope. It's like they're, they're in the mix for Cam Ward. Um, but at the same time, it's like, we haven't heard their names mentioned by anybody else, really. That's like in the high end of the of the portal that's available right now. I know Marvin Jones Jr. Again, listen, I should probably take that more into consideration. He's a number twelve guy in the portal, but like you look at all these other guys, like the running back that left Arkansas, the Rocket Sanders kid, 
Like at no point was Florida State part of the mix on that. You didn't hear his name. And I don't know if that's so much again, like there's some guys that may just want to stay in the SEC. Like these SEC kids grew up in SEC states. They want to keep playing for that conference because the branding and the propaganda has polluted their minds enough to that point. But you just start seeing some other, like you see like what Louisville's done. Like Louisville's gone after some guys who are like, I don't know, I feel like we could have probably used an offensive lineman that was 6'7", 291. That wouldn't have been a bad idea. We could have probably used a wide receiver that caught 90 balls in the Sun Belt. That would have been not a bad, you know, maybe addition to things. But again, maybe to your point, the, the, the reserves on Alabama might be just as good as a kid that's catching 90 in the Sun Belt. And if you get that yeah. kid, then all is kind of forgiven. So we move along. Tennis ump, wake up. I have a feeling that Cam Davis is going to be a very special player with us for some reason. I know that I would not want to try and tackle him when you see how he is built. Amen. Mm. Buddy of mine who's a scout for the San Francisco Giants says that he is very special in baseball as well and would have been drafted, but he made it clear he wanted to go to college. What do you foresee for him going forward with us? Yeah, he could, he's in the mix, right? I think he's in the mix day one because Trey Benson's gone and so's yeah. Rodney Hill. And you know, we'll see how Lawrence Tofili, uh, what kind of role he becomes and grows into. But, uh, you know, Kaziah Holmes there as well. But I like Cam Davis. And, and running back as a true freshman, you're you're able can, to, to make That can happen, yeah. yeah. And I think that, you know, Norvell talked a lot about him and uh, uh, is it Danzy? Yeah, Micaiah. Yeah, Micaiah. the the other running back talking about them being a really good one-two duo, and he foresees them being like that. Um, he talked. I mean, what coach doesn't talk glowingly about their recruits on signing day? But he did talk glowingly about those two guys and uh, the playmaking ability that they have. But we'll see. Um, again, I think they're more ready than uh, Singleton certainly was. Again, that's another like last year they signed. Was Singleton the only recruit running back they signed? I'll double check on that, but I do think so. And now you're taking another step where, no offense to him, he might end up being a really good running back, but he wasn't any cl- he wasn't close to ready. He wasn't. He's very very fast, but he wasn't close to make a real impact at the college level. Um, and then he got banged up, but he he wasn't close to make an impact. I think the way they're recruiting, I think both of these guys have a chance to make an impact, and that might be again if they believe in that kid, these kids. If they think they're physically ready to play immediately and play well, you know, they're they're recruiting at a different level where maybe they don't feel the need to go get a, a Rocket Sanders from Arkansas yeah. because they think like they got guys that can do that already on, on the roster that are coming in. They're young, but they believe in them. And that money could be – that money they could have spent on a, on a fourth running back or a fifth running back could be allocated for something more, uh, you know, important. Yep, Sam Singleton, only running back from last year's class. The Walking Knoll 01, insert theme music. Are you ready for this? Insert hype dancing and continued music. Is that like the Jock Jam song? What's up, you two? First off, as on sorry you and Michael caught the brunt of the fan base on the live show the other day during recruiting, you two are warriors for the cause. Oh, it's all good, man. I It feeds me. It nourishes yeah, it my does. soul. It does. You handle it well. Corey, you're did a warrior. You turn the, did you turn the chat off? No, like, no, you, no, you no. You looked at – no, I mean, I know you don't turn it off for people not to be able to chat, but I would hide it so I didn't uh, have to read it. I think I heard Michael and Gene talking about that during the actual press conference on Wednesday. I think Michael said that, like, yeah, he had to turn it off after a while. I yeah. No, I, I want to see what people are saying. I think it's – some of it I thought it's just funny. And I like poking yeah. – and it's funny because they get upset and then you poke fun at them and then they, like, they – it's – Oddly enough, they handle it really well, and they kind of relax a little bit. You'd figure, like, maybe 
like I'm almost inflaming them a little bit. You figured it, it would just add fuel to the fire, but usually it like calms them down and then everybody, you know, adds their two cents and then we kind of move along. But no, I mean, that's. Do you think, do you think that the, the animosity or just the tone of Wednesday in the chat? And I know you, this is probably an unanswerable question. Mm. If Florida State was getting ready to play Washington in the Sugar Bowl, do you think the tone? Oh, that, yeah. But you have the same exact recruiting class. Considerably different, yes. Yeah, I think so. I just think it's a fan base that has got uh, kicked in the gut a few times, then their number one recruit. Those 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 people that jumped in there would have still been in there, but they would not been nearly as like echoed and amplified by other people kind of being like, amen. I think those, yeah. a lot of the other people were like, hey, man, like we're playing a playoff game. Like trust the process, trust the coaching right. staff will be okay. But a lot of those people that are like 50-50, when they just got burnt the way the Florida State did two weeks ago or whatever, going to be like. But then don't you want to say, like, that's dumb. You're being yeah. a baby. You're The team you <laughs> cheer for has won 19 games in a row. And you're, what, what is the point of complaining? Do you think these coaches suck? Or are you just complaining because you're frustrated? But even if you're frustrated, do it with a little more perspective. And all Florida State fans, all Florida State fans that are above the age of six, <laughs> should should have the perspective of ho what horrible looks like and feels like. We've all lived it recently. Yeah. So I feel like now as you look, take a step back and realize, okay, top nine, top ten, top eleven recruiting class on top of the, the one of three undefeated teams in the country and ACC champs. I mean, I just feel like um, – you know what? What what more do you do? These coaches need to prove to you that they're going to give you a good product, and this this program is. In I, I just it's it's an odd time to be so frustrated at the coaching staff. Yeah. That's all. One game tonight: UCF taking on Georgia Tech. Go to mybookie.ag, make that game a little bit more interesting, and use the promo code WordChant when you sign up for the first time for an instant cash deposit bonus. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere at mybookie.ag. Live casino, live sports book, obviously futures betting as well. Five points UCF is laying down at the feet of Florida State's opening opponent for next year, Georgia Tech. Corey, okay, sixty-six and a half is the point total. Man, I hate to take an under, and I know Hayes King and the Jackets like to throw it around the ballpark, but... Well, they run a lot, too. They're a good running team. Yeah. Um, yeah, Gus is going to put up points. I mean, we, I think UCF's going to win. Maybe I'll lay the five. I feel more okay. confident about that than going with the point total. Do you have any feelings one way or the other on the game? Um, I believe in... Uh, I don't know. I don't believe in it. No, I don't. I don't. I'm going to go ahead and say take Georgia Tech just to say it, but I have okay. no reason to say that. I don't even know who's playing in the game, Aslan. <laughs> honestly, I don't know how many guys have opted out or are already in the portal for either team. Oh, Corey Stan, an ACC loyalist to the absolute yep. final set uh, game. Absolutely. And, yeah, they've attached the hook on the Florida State-Georgia game over at mybookie.ag. Now 14 and a half. Mm. So do with that as you wish, everybody. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere over at mybookie.ag. All right, Corey, let's see if we can zip through the rest of these. By the way, final show until probably Wednesday of next week, I think, unless breaking news were to happen, obviously. Yeah. I didn't even read Walking Knoll's question. Uh, he thanked us for being warriors. Corey, you too are a warrior. The article you wrote calling out Travis Hunter made me laugh out loud oh, while good. I was actually watching a movie in a theater, no less. Oh, come on, man. Don't be that guy. Watch the movie. <laughs> on to my question for both of you. What stadium would you be most excited to see us play in for either our possible landing spots conference-wise? 
So for me, I really want to see us play in Tennessee Stadium. I want to see us under those Neyland Stadium lights. Yeah, that's and, the answer. Uh, for me, it's the Grove, Ole Miss. Um, I know. You, I think he said Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, I guess if it's Stadium, then it's going to be Neyland. Yeah. Uh, Alabama Stadium fits a lot, but it's nothing. I mean, Bryant Denny's just brick and mortar and steel. It's not really fancy. It, it, that, that orange pops, I guess, yeah, as the sun. Board. Yeah. No, the sun yeah. hits off the river and then reflects. In, I don't know. It's beautiful. It really is pretty. Uh, all right. So he says Tennessee. And if the Big Ten, I would want to see us play a game at Penn State Stadium. Whiteout game, of course. Thanks for all you do. I might. I don't know if I say big. You've already been to the big house. So what I about. Have, yeah. Nebraska, Nebraska, not the stadium so much. I think the fan kind of right. uh, interaction. It may be the same thing with Ma- Madison and Wisconsin. I feel like they get nuts, but not the stadium is not a beautiful thing. So if I had to pick basic on architecture alone, I don't know, does Northwestern have a nice stadium? I know they have a really nice practice facility and stuff. I'm going to guess no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, the answer, the answer is Washington. Oh, it is. Thank you, that's Corey. The, that's the answer is Washington. Now, they played, and here's the thing. They played at Ohio State. They played at Michigan. They played at USC. Um, Texas would be cool just because it's Texas. But, again, not a not a real memorable stadium, but it's a huge stadium. Yeah. Isn't that cool, though? Just think about, guys, as we're sitting here. Man, would you like to play at the Big House or in Camp Randall or Washington or USC or Oregon? Or do you want to stay and go to the Carrier Dome, <laughs> an alumni stadium in beautiful Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts, or maybe venture over to, uh, you know, Grant Field at Georgia Tech, or Carter Finley? All these great cathedrals of the sport we love. Anyway, so yes, just just talking, just speaking it out loud is like yes, yes. Please, Board of Trustees, make this a reality in the next half decade that we're watching Florida State play in stadiums like that instead of what we've watched for the last 30 years. Can we do – if we're going – if they go to the Big Ten and they're playing Washington, first ever game, we're doing an armada. We're doing a flotilla. That's going to be the War Chan meet and greet. We're going to rent a yacht. We're going to rent a yacht. We're going to rent a yacht. Um, Maybe not a yacht, but maybe a bunch of boats, and we'll tie them all together, and we're going to do like a a booze cruise. We can do a booze cruise or something. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Drill Sergeant Porter, wake up first. Happy holidays to you both and everyone who loves FSU. I know we lost a few guys that would have made an even more incredible class, but I remember a few years ago when it seemed like we could not get any receivers or quarterbacks assigned with us. Now we got several four-star receivers and a four-star borderline five-star quarterback. I will be in Miami to watch FSU win another national title, at least by UCF standards, LOL, okay. next Saturday. Go Knowles. Amen, Drill Sergeant Porter. Which, by the way, Corey, are we going to do any kind of meet and greet? I know it doesn't no. have the – Okay. I don't think so. I was thinking about it's that. It's the largest but... alumni base of Florida State fans, like outside of Tallahassee. We should, like, see if they're doing anything the day or night before, just the Seminole Boosters of Miami. We yeah. could show up. But right, I don't know right. that we're going to do like our own show or anything. Okay. okay. Yeah. You know, what I thought about the other day it was a little bit, maybe a little bit sad, a little bit melancholy. I forgot to bring the pillar with us to Charlotte to um, what's it called? The resident culture. Right. Did you see any pillars at resident culture? Like I didn't see James B. Ray wasn't there. I don't think Shane was there. Um. No, I don't think so. And now Z, that I think about, yeah. I think Z chance. I, I didn't see. Uh, our, no, our he guy. came the next day. He yeah. didn't, he wasn't there Friday night. Yeah, our Ed from Deluna wasn't there. He's a pillar, so um, maybe a little sad. But maybe they'll be uh, in Miami. Oh. Who knows? 
Love you guys nonetheless. Knowles North, wake up and Merry Christmas, Aslan and Corey. What would you give Norvell for Christmas this year besides a college football playoff invite? Or a wedding invite. <laughs> um, just for men? Would it be oh. cool if he, <laughs> if he showed up at the Orange Bowl with jet black hair? He needs to bring back the goatee mustache combo he was rocking at uh, Arizona State. I'm, I'm all for that. So I'd but give, yeah, I, 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 but I think it would be, I would be funny. It would be alarming, um, but it would be just stunning for him to come out on on December thirtieth, leading the team out arm in arm. I'm sure, with unconquered on their shirts or something, and he's got jet black hair and a jet black goatee. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> just hey, make it a, just make it a complete mockery. It would be really funny, I think. It could be blonde, too, I guess. He doesn't have to be Jet Black, but I think Jet Black would work better. Um, what is the big gift this year that everybody wants? I, I've always hey, I've always said you know, it's hard to get a gift for somebody that already has everything, which I think yeah, Mike Norville probably he, does. He makes $7 million a year, so yeah. maybe a signed autograph of the two of us. Okay. Yeah. That's not bad, right? Yeah. Cam Ward. I love that. That's a very good. Uh, you know what? You won. You there it is. The or you know maybe Keon stays. <laughs> my my man, I guess is never gonna announce. So maybe Keon stays. Keon Coleman. Uh, two more. We made it, Corey. Not that a bad a time. Captain D under. Whoa, hey, Captain D underscore sixty three. Okay, Daryl, Thomasville, North Carolina. Corey Aslan. It's been a minute since we've talked last, but I need some clarity. Rivals. I need some clarity. Rivals, when did War Chant? Well, I can't. I'm just going to read it verbatim, and Corey, you can help me out. Love you, Daryl. Rivals did when War Chant was with them. Now I've seen on three do since War Chant has joined. We had probably three, maybe four players that had five-star rankings before they committed to Florida State or maybe a few days while they were committed to Florida State. Then out of the blue, they lost it. Okay, and they were dropped. This is a... Uh, an urban myth legend kind of thing, or maybe it's not an urban legend. Apparently a lot of times, Corey, people would think Florida state would get a guy that was a five star, but as soon as he committed to Florida state, they would lose a star. They would get dropped. Why does it seem as long as these players are uncommitted, they're five stars, but the moment they commit to Florida state, suddenly they lose that fifth star and they never get it back. I know coach says stars don't matter. Maybe they do not. But when these rankings come out against these other schools, it makes a difference. What say you all support those that keep wake up going. I've been a fan 55 years and will always be. Let's beat Georgia and finish 14-0 and win the AP National Championship. Go Knowles. There you go. Um, Anecdotally, really quick, Corey, if you don't mind me jumping you here. Sure. So, Luke Cromenhawk was a five-star quarterback. He committed to Florida State. He was a five-star quarterback. But then, Corey, as you might remember, Armando Blunt reclassified That's right. from 25 to 24. He was then judged to be a little bit better of a prospect than Luke Cromenhawk. So they made Blunt the five-star in the class of 2024, and they took it away from Cromenhawk. Like He's he, talking about on three, right? Yes, like he yeah. bumped Cromenhawk down, ironically enough. So that's how these, these things sometimes happen. I would enough. say if I was running a ranking site, a ranking service, and I thought a kid was legitimate five-star player, and another kid reclassified into that class, and I thought he was a five-star player, I'm not going to set limits on how many five-star players I can have, it, 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 especially in such a unique circumstance. Yeah. I'd be like, you know what? He was a five-star when Armando Armando Blunt was a junior. He's a five-star now that Armando Blunt's a senior. What mm. does it matter? But it honestly, 
that's the real answer, uh, Daryl. And you know it. You said it in your question. It does not matter. Yeah. It, it, like I'm not. I'm not sitting here and saying great players don't matter. I'm saying, Cromenhawk getting being a five star and rated ninety one point one three, or being a four star and being rated ninety one point oh six. It does. That does not matter. He can play. And we'll see if he lives up to the billing. But you got one of what, the three or four best quarterbacks in the country, according to most of these recruiting services. We'll see if he lives up to it. That's the case whether he's a five-star or not. Amen, Corey. Amen. There Trying to pull up Did here it. real quick. Croman Hawk, number three quarterback in the country, according to on three. Behind Rayolia, Nebraska, and who's the other one? Uh, I don't know. I didn't have to. Pull oh, that I up. thought you had it listed. Well, I'm sorry. I, man. Just, I, I looked at his. Them. I looked at his bio, and it shows oh, you who okay. it is. My fault. Uh, actually, Riola's behind him. DJ Lagway, who went to Florida's two, and then Julian Sayan from Carlsbad, who committed to Alabama's number one. Oh man, Alabama got a good player. <laughs> awesome. Okay, man. Cool. It's finally, something good happened to those kids in that program. <laughs> Last one is our guy Bakari, Big B seven zero three four. Wake up, fellas. All this complaining and negativity towards the coaching staff and recruiting is unbearable. Mm. How soon some forget that less than three years ago, the narrative was very different. The coaches and players have worked their butts off to bring this program back from the brink of irrelevance. I know it's a vocal minority, but the blueprint has been laid by our head coach, and he has followed through. Wins, moving to a better conference, consistent top 10 recruiting classes, and the right supplemental players added via the portal will keep us competitive for years to come. As always, go Knowles, and don't worry, hashtag Mike got us. Mm, there you go. Nice. No Good hashtag. Good yeah. hashtag. We're done. I don't have anything to add. I don't no, have anything to add. That's a, that's well a mic drop. That was a mic yeah. drop, much like Norvell on the podium Wednesday. So thank you, Bakari. Thank you, everybody who uh, asked their questions. We appreciate the heck out of y'all. Uh, yeah, we're probably going to take some shows off here uh, because just the way the calendar works, Christmas yeah. is Monday, so we usually record the Monday show on Sunday, which would mean we would record on Christmas Eve, which doesn't sound great. And then Tuesday, that would mean that we would record on Christmas Day, which sounds even worse. So we'll see how the shows work out. But, but we might drop something uh, if there's a an important portal announcement. Yes, or yes, 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 yes. If yes. Uh, Florida State announces later today that they've already got an invite to the Big Ten <laughs> and they're ha they have a schedule starting next year, first game in Ann Arbor. Yeah. Well, we will probably record something if something like that happens. Yeah, so uh, we'll be here, but maybe not here. Uh, but you're always in our thoughts, everybody. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening uh, to Wake Up War Chant. He is Corey. I'm Aslan. Stay connected to WarChant.com throughout the day for the Board of Trustees, the very, the latest, and the greatest. We got you covered. Thumbs up, five-star rating and review. He's Corey. I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up War Chant presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Have a Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs>